Hello folks and welcome to Sigma Sports Presents Matt Stevens Unplugged. And my guest this week is none other than Alex House. What can I tell you about Alex? Well, he's a fiercely loyal rider, having spent his whole pro career at EF Education Nippo and or whatever Slipstream has been called over the years. He's kind of now gradually moving into coaching both with his team and with a new initiative they have for coaching amateurs, and we talk about that. We also have a bit of a natter about his move into gravel events and how that came so naturally to him. And since he was born in the same hometown as his team chief, Jonathan Walters, also a guest on the pod back in episode 23, can he beat him at the hometown quiz? There's only one way to find out, folks. So grab a fist of your favourite snack, sit back and enjoy the pod. But don't munch too loudly or you'll miss what Alex has to say. You know it's that time again Podcast Alex Howes grew up in Colorado where his mum encouraged him to ride off-road. When his competitive side brought him to road racing, he fell in with a local development team, which in turn led to a pro contract with Team Slipstream. He spent the last 10 years or so with the same team, now called EF Education Nippo, with his crowning glory coming in 2019 when he won the USA National Road Championships. I was keen to catch up with Alex about his increasingly varied calendar and to find out a little more about what he enjoys doing outside of cycling too. Check it out. Alex, uh, Alex Howes, welcome to Matt Stevens Unplugged. After several abortive attempts, um, uh, over a period of nearly four weeks, we're finally uh, chatting to each other, mate. So uh, thanks very much for joining us. Yeah. Um, I, I think most of those those failed attempts were my fault, so I'll take full credit for that. Uh, but happy don't to worry, be mate, on. Don't worry. Thanks, thanks for having me. Thank you. Not a problem, mate. Not a problem. Um, before we, we do carry on, what I like to do at the top of every pod is uh, ask um, our my fellow podder where they are in the world and what they can see immediately around them. And I think in your case, you have um, you have somebody with you as well, don't you, who we need to maybe acknowledge. <laughs> That's right. Um, <laughs> we, don't, we don't want to acknowledge it too soon in life because she'll get a big head on her. But uh, yeah, oh, okay. hanging, out, hanging out here in Netherland, Colorado. Sun is shining. Wind is blowing. Um, and the baby is eating. That's that's what we got going right. on over here. So hopefully we don't. Hopefully she doesn't make too much noise. You know. No. So so you're you're podding and and feeding her at the same time. That's right. Uh, wife had to go into work. Oh, that's this pretty morning. impressive. And uh, well, she feeds herself. She's like she's like ten months. Right. She's. Uh, oh, I, mean, okay. I, I don't, I don't want to talk myself up, but she's my child, so she's pretty good at everything. <laughs> Um, surely, surely she's very advanced. Um, right. That's not what they say at the doctor, but I'm, I'm positive of it. So fair enough, mate. Fair enough. So, um, <laughs> what about, what about the, what about the room? What, what, what about the room that you're in? Uh, whereabouts in the house are you? And what can you see? Give us a sense of, of where you are. Um, okay. We're in the sort of dining area, I guess you would say, um, which is, also sort of the living area and it's all attached to the kitchen. Um, what can I see? I can see baby crap everywhere. Not actual crap, but toys. Uh, we, we have a big, big stone fireplace with the, the wood stove in there. Got the fire going. Nice. Um, yeah, we've got a big countertop covered in freezer paper and saran wrap and stuff. Um, we're doing a bunch of butchering last night. Uh, yeah, the house is in just a general disaster 
mode right now. Sounds like there's a sounds like there's a lot sounds like there's a lot going on, mate. But um, it sounds good. I've got, it's, it's nice just to get a sense of of where people are, so we can all settle in. Uh, as you might have just heard, we're in the there's a really big plane going overhead right now, and I've got the window open. Um, just let that pass. We're in the Heathrow flight path where I am. Oh, um, nice. So we we keep, kept, keep we occasionally state, yeah. Sure. So we, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's super I mean, cheap. Not, it's super cheap in the London area, there, right? So. Uh, no, no, we're, we're moving house soon because of the, how expensive it is. Uh, but up north, up north soon to, to the to the hills. But um, but Alex, um, it's all changed for you, isn't it, mate? I mean, um, you've had you know a long and long and looks like an enjoyable and successful career, mate. But you're turning a new leaf, aren't you? So tell me, tell me about what brought this on um had it been in had it been planned for a while or was it something that was offered up quite late just talk us through this next next chapter um with ef coach ef coaching yeah so next year is definitely going to look a fair bit different um some some stuff will be the same some stuff will be different um i'll be on the ef continental team next year uh, right doing doing some a lot of the sort of quote-unquote alternative stuff. Um, still working out that calendar, so I'm not sure exactly where I'll be at. Uh, might be doing a bit of racing with the Continental team as well, helping the, the little guys, although I don't think they're so little. Um, kind of learn yeah. the ropes a little bit. Uh, potentially, I'll be doing some world tour racing as well, but we'll see how that pans out uh, because you okay. can go back and forth. So, yeah, there's, there's a lot of balls in the air at the moment. Um, and then to put the little cherry on top, uh, yeah, I've started doing a fair bit of coaching with uh, TeamEFCoaching.com. Um, yep. And, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, been, that's been a lot of fun. It, initially, it was a lot of work um, just trying to uh, get things off the ground, uh, both for the, you know, Team EF coaching and then also for myself. I mean, obviously, you know, if, in a lot of ways, I feel like I have a PhD in riding bikes after doing it for 20 years. But, um, you know, you have to, you have to learn how to translate that into, into things that make sense. Um, so it's been, yeah, I mean, so I guess it's been, um, I mean, what, what I'm intrigued with is at what point, cause it's, it sounds like, um, a really intriguing, fascinating transition period for you, and uh, to prepare you for for the for the next phase without without perhaps racing. Uh, I, I don't know because it's it's really really interesting. That you're still going to be racing, possibly at World Tour. It's a real nice mixed bag. I mean, was that was that your choice, or was that uh, the, was that an opportunity that somebody offered up? How did that this kind of transitional year come about? Um, you know, I I was going to race in some capacity next year. Uh, let's you know, just kind of what I wanted to do. Um, and yeah, we, we sort of just pieced it together through EF and it, it worked out pretty well. Um, and the coaching thing, I was, I, I put a fair bit of work into it over the summer to help, you know, help get the whole thing off the ground. Um, and I was like, well, if I'm going to put, you know, this much work into it, uh, you know, economists say you shouldn't um, base your decisions off of sunk costs, but I had already put enough into it that I was like, all right, I'm going to do something with this. Um, and yeah. it was something that I found pretty interesting. And I've, I've always kind of thought about doing it. Um, and, you know, it was pretty a pretty simple and straightforward way to go about it um, as, far as, right. as far as picking it up. 
Um, so it was, I was, I was pretty happy with how the pieces, you know, sort of just fell into place. It was like um, definitely a, a good opportunity and something that I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy and excited about. It does. It does look pretty cool. I've uh, been doing a bit of reading on uh, on the whole on the whole uh, EF coaching project. It does look like a lot of fun. I mean, have you got clients already? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I have. Yeah, I don't know exactly how many I have. Not that many. Uh, let me think. Seven. I have seven, and I'm maxed out. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going. Right, any, okay. Not going any higher than that. Uh, That'll yeah. do you right now. It's it's been kind of a funny ride. Yeah, like you say, it's a. You were like, oh, it's interesting and great transition period but i mean a lot of transition periods you feel like your hair is just on fire the whole time you're just going crazy (laughs) (laughs) i don't i don't have to tell you about that moving house and everything you know that's transition period you're like oh my gosh yeah what have i done yeah 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 but yeah but you know sometimes it is i mean uh, depending on the the person sometimes breaking outside of you because you're still working within the industry uh, very closely um but Coming out, breaking out of your comfort zone and learning new things, even within the industry. Like your your point a few moments ago, you know, I've been riding my bike for twenty years, but then, and I think I know pretty much everything about it. But actually, coaching and, and doing a real deep dive into the psychology, the physiology—that's that's another whole ball game, isn't it? That's a lot to kind of get get your head around. Although you innately understand it, academically understanding something um and uh, applying it to somebody else's aims and objectives is completely different isn't it oh 100 percent um you know and there's there's a lot of problems that you know i i guess i sort of forgot that i i solved you know tw- like 25 years ago uh that you're trying to remember how like okay how did how did i learn how to you know go around corners or you know stand up properly or you know just yeah just little basic things um and it's yeah, it's it's tough now because I feel like a lot of people have you know they have access to the data, they understand a lot of the data, um, you know they they know they know their watts per kilo because they're on Zwift every day, um, yeah. But when it, it comes down to like going out onto the road and you know turning that into you know maybe actual literal turning or you know you know, fluid motion on the bike, it, it just doesn't quite translate the same. And, um, I feel like that's a lot of what I'm, what I'm doing. So. So do you, um, from, from what I've seen then, do you, you, I take it, there's a lot of online stuff. Um, but do you take these, 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 these guys and girls out for rides? Uh, do you ride with them to teach them that sort of stuff face to face? Um, a bit, a lot of, like you say, a lot of it is sort of virtual. Um, a lot of it's online. Yeah. Um, you know, clients, clients all over the world. We try and line things up so that, you know, we don't have too many, uh, you know, time zones going at once. Um, I don't know if you noticed sure. based on the fact that we missed this pod, I missed this last pod- podcast that we had <laughs> scheduled, but I'm not always great with the time zone thing. <laughs> you think I'd have well, it to, to be honest with you. Said, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, no, I tell you what we've got, well, you've got BST, GMT, and then, uh, then the other one that I can't even remember what it is, uh, and then there's like BEST, and then C. There's, there's so many, oh, yeah, um, and I, I have that problem when I when I'm when I'm when I'm commentating because we when I'm broadcasting for Eurosport GCN, all of our scheduling is in 
is in European time, but sometimes they forget to do summer European time. So we we all get mixed up all the time, mate. And yeah, actually, yeah. talking about it makes my head hurt slightly. <laughs> um, to be honest with you, and and I think on on the week that we the first aborted attempt that week, we'd actually changed time zones, and it was only our producer who said, "Matt, you do realise that we're going to be an hour earlier or an hour later." So hey, mate, it doesn't matter. We're here now. Oh yeah, that is the main thing. The, the, the yeah, the daylight savings that ruined it. That ruined it for me. But totally, that's okay. Totally did. That's me. okay. <laughs> so when you're when you're coaching folk, what's the? I've asked it two. These sound like really simple, easy questions, but I'm. I'm I, I was never a form, uh, although I managed a, a UCI team a few years back. Uh, I never f- was formally qualified as a coach, but I did end up coaching people more, more from a psychological perspective. Generally, you know, getting them through often quite often difficult periods of like, like lacking that self doubt, that sort of stuff. So, what for you has been um, the most interesting part of of taking on board, you know, somebody's objectives and and everything that comes with that? Because you know, I don't. Maybe the word "need" is not fair, but there are some people who need you more. You know that they really need you to uh, to believe in them. That they need you to reassure them about things. There's quite a lot involved in actually coaching somebody, isn't there? Absolutely. Um, I mean, the the big thing for me is just like trying to help people with scheduling and like time management. Um, yeah. You know, like everybody I work with is you know super successful and you know, has, has a full-time job or, you know, something resembling a full-time job and uh, a lot of life commitments and things going on. Um, and I feel like I'm uniquely qualified to sort of step into their shoes at the moment because, like I, like I said, I have a lot, of, a lot of balls in the air and uh, a lot of irons in the fire going right now. So it's like, okay, I, I get it. Like the, the time thing is, is not easy to come by. Um, but, I, right. you know, a lot of people they want to just train, 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 train. Um, and it's like, look, we can, we can do a lot more with a bit less. Um, you know, I have one client it's like, look, I had to kind of sit him down and say, look, man, like if you just sleep half an hour more, it's going to be the equivalent of riding like an hour more, you know, every day. Wow. Like you you just need more sleep, you know? And I don't know if that's the direct translation, but the, the reality is, is, you know, a lot of people don't sleep enough. Um, and we're just yeah. running around on empty all the time and slamming the coffees and kind of looking for shortcuts and biohacks and whatever. And it's like, look, just go to bed. <laughs> like, Just try and yeah. figure, figure that out. Try and figure out how to go to bed. And, uh, you know, the rest is going to kind of fall into place. So it's, it's been a lot of that. Just sort of yeah. like, look, like, like, let's just, let's scale it back a little bit. Let's rest when we can rest yeah. and like and try and enjoy riding. And it, it's already, you know, in a lot of instances, already seen some pretty, pretty good gains from that. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. And, and that thing about resting and sleeping is something that um, you'd know a lot about, you know, because you, I think when you were young, I, I overtrained quite a lot, got myself quite ill. I used to train through a cold because I thought I could sweat it out when, when thing, when we thought differently, of course, as 30 years ago. Um, but now, in, in the latter stages of my career, I mean, um, 
it was t- it, exactly that time management, um, sleeping, resting. And I think it was Sean Kelly who said that the Tour de France or the Giro d'Italia or the Vuelta is, 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 is one in the bed. You've just got to recover and rest as best you can. Um, I mean, a very simple analogy, but one that you can apply to a, a particularly he- hectic and, and busy lifestyle. You know, it, it really is something that people f- forget. And I think in general, in life of forgetting that that's a really important thing just to just to de-stress a little bit and um, and give yourself a moment to reflect and recharge. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, another thing we've been really playing around with a lot is like con- continuous glucose monitors, which have been like All right, okay. pretty interesting in that like one, you can sort of affect like cha- have like some effects on how you sleep, you know, certainly like when you're, when you're eating carbohydrates and you know, what your glucose levels are doing before bed, um, which, you know, it's, it's pretty easy to screw all that stuff up when you're like stressed out all the time. Um, yeah. but definitely with some like pretty high performing people, um, just in general, like, you know, I think they're, they're finding that when they're kind of keeping more steady glucose levels and actually focusing on that diet, they're actually like probably making better decisions in life, <laughs> not just around yeah. Yeah. training and stuff. So it's, yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it, you know, it's definitely the big picture. Um, and that's, that's been the thing that's kind of been interesting for me is it's like okay it's stuff that i sort of knew already but um it's interesting how little actual training has to do with a lot of it you know yeah it was i was actually um when i was i did the the ruler live the other the other week and i was on stage with uh the gentle gentleman i who had set up Team Type One, uh, and he set up the Super Sapiens product, um, which is basically constant glucose monitoring. Mm-hmm. Um, which that's the first time I learned about it, and um, it really is um, a very, very interesting subject. I think of all the areas of, you know, we look at all these marginal gains, a word that's often overused, but we're looking at other areas to to improve on. This one seems like a potential, you know, game changer. Yeah, I mean, but, so yeah, we are using the Super Sapiens as well, um, and they. Yeah, it does seem like a bit of a game changer in a lot of ways. Um, I think the hard thing right now is just trying to figure out what to do with a lot of the data. You know, it's like, because yeah. it's, it's something that, you know, okay, diabetics have been using them forever. Not forever, but a long time. Um, but your sort of average person who doesn't have issues is, you know, that, that we don't have a ton of data on that, um, yeah. which is, is fun. You know, certainly from my end, when, you know, I'm the yeah. guy going out trying to get some of that data and figure out how to pull it apart and figure out what to do with it. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, oof, oof, we got a, we got a, <laughs> we got yeah. a lot to work with here. Yeah. Almost like an information overload. Actually, the name has come to me and I did do need to give him a shout out. It's Phil Sutherland, isn't it? Who, uh, who set up that, that company and indeed team type, team type one. Actually, uh, Sorry, Alex, we've got something going on in the background, mate. Um, there's some kind of alert going off. Oh. Well. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. Sorry, man. Um, okay. You, I don't know if you've listened to our, any of our pods in the past, but as part of my uh, obligation to do this podcast, Sigma Sports have set up an old, like, Russian supercomputer in my loft. Um, <laughs> and every now and again, uh, from, like, circa 1971. I mean, it's a beautiful bit of kit, but it's just big. Anyway, 
uh, it's just fired out this random it's it's still just about working and it has <laughs> it's fired out this random question and this is the first time yeah. i've seen this question so i'm going to ask it you now so um sit tight here we go right okay um, okay oh this is this is interesting an envelope with one thousand dollars in cash drops through your letterbox what do you do <laughs> Oh, weird question. It is the random question generator. Yeah. Yeah, so it's. Mm. uh, I've got no more details than that, but let's assume it's just a brown envelope with no information on it at all, but it's full of, um, yeah, um, medium denomination dollar bills. So let's say 10, (laughs) uh, 10, uh, 10. Yeah. Oh, man. (laughs) So it's a hefty wad. It is. It's a a hefty wad. I mean, I I I feel like (laughs) step one is you just put it in your pocket and walk around with it for a while. Uh, you know, yep. you, you feel like a danger man. Maybe like, if, I, if I was you, you'd take that and walk down, walk through downtown London and see what happens, you know? Um, wait, so yeah. this is, this is dollars though. Is that what you said? He said dollars. Yeah, this is house. you. This is at your house now in, in, in Needland yeah. in Colorado. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Boy, thousand bucks, thousand bucks. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what the heck I would do with a thousand bucks. The thing know. is, it's it poses because it's 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 a nice amount of money, but it's not a super crazy amount of money. But you know who? It's I like the idea of maybe yeah holding on to it for a bit and just seeing what the score is. You know, just seeing any CCTV around and just keeping hold of it for a little while before you make a call. I don't know. It's um, I don't I don't know, man. I feel like you got the thing is I think you got to spend it before it's gone. You know. For someone to claim that's it, a good yeah. Know? Like if it's just in your box, you know, it's, down, it, it's you know, it's cash money. It's cash money. The question is, what do you yeah. spend it on? You know, yeah. Do you you you? I'd, what I what I would do immediately, I think, is is convert it immediately immediately into an apex asset class, um, so it appreciate quickly. Yeah, I think that's what I'd do. That's kind of what I was thinking, but you know, it sounds. <laughs> Sounds less less cool than being like, yeah, I want to. I just run out and buy, uh, you know, big ass tires for my truck or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I could Fair I could use some new uh, some new studded tires on my uh, on my cross bike though. I think the ice is coming. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what's what's the, actually from from um, from random from from random questions um, about thousand dollar bills to. To the weather, which is what us Brits do really well. We generally, uh, if in doubt, we ask somebody about the weather. You must be pressed that up there. It's just wet all the time, isn't it? Yeah, do you know? I tell you what, uh, Alex. It's it's an absolutely gorgeous day. Um, I don't believe. You I kind of wish that. No, I'm, I'm looking out the window. I've got, I've got, I'm in the loft. It's converted, a converted loft, little studio, and I'm looking out of the right um, Velux window, and I've got this beautiful uh, blue. And, and yellow and red hue as the sun started to set. And I'm looking out of my other window, see some houses just out the back. And got, you know, it's that golden light that's hitting the sides of the buildings. It's pretty rare we get clear days like this. I've, I, done, I did some gardening today and it was an absolute joy. Uh, cold, crisp, but, but beautiful light quality. Okay. Well, I'm happy for you. Um, was that a, was that a sponsor <laughs> plug for, for Velux there? <laughs> it, uh, it, it's a rented property, Matt. I've got no affiliation with Velux windows. Yeah. I just didn't know what to call them. You don't, you don't, um, have, any, big... you don't have any affiliation yet. <laughs> Wait until this pod drops. No. Then you're out. I'm then just going to add 
a good point. We're always we're always looking for sponsorship. To be honest with you, mate. So uh, if you do know anybody at Velux, just yeah, let me know on an email. Um, just keep saying. My, my question was it. Yeah, it, it's, so that's three times it's been mentioned. So, so the weather up at your neck of the woods, it must be getting pretty. Do you enjoy training in the snow? Is what my question is going to be. It must be because I, I I like training in the snow. I did, especially when I was a kid. But I guess you've got no choice living where you are. Uh, yeah, I mean, I can always go down the hill. Uh, down the hill, it's a little little warmer for sure. Uh, down in Boulder, yeah. it's quite a bit more manageable. Pre uh, pre pandemic, yeah. I would I would take the bus down like three four days a week. And yeah. then, uh, and then you just ride home because it doesn't matter if you're going uphill if it's you know cold as crap. Uh, but yeah, I really yeah. don't. I don't mind it too much. The thing that gets me is the wind. Like a lot of times, it's pretty windy up here. Um, yeah, and you know, there, there's being a softy, and then there's like, oh yeah, it's actually blowing like 85 miles an hour. Like that's that's probably not safe. Yeah, no, no, there is. There's definitely, there's definitely the safety side of things, isn't there? This, it's, there's, there's, there's toughen up, but also there's that severe risk of getting injured. It isn't a wise move as a professional sports person or anybody, really. Yeah. Let, let's let's be honest with you. Yeah. yeah. Um. What what I'm interested in as well, Alex, is let, let's go let's go back in time if we can, if you if you if you'll let us, um, to your 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 formative days on a bike. How did you actually get into? pedaling a bike and and ultimately turning pro was that ever a thought um and at what point did that cross your mind uh so my dad did it back in the day he i mean he wasn't pro but he uh you know he's pretty solid kind of a regional racer um honestly yeah. he probably would have been pretty good but uh he screwed up and had me so uh right. so there's that <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah he did it and then i i, I just sort of i just sort of fell into it because you know we were doing family vacations traveling to races and stuff and just really enjoyed yeah. it and i was a pretty competitive kid always you know pretty competitive person um although my you know they they, they don't like to show that part on rafa rafa gun racing but uh, right, uh, they like right. to show the chill vibes. But uh, you know, deep down inside, I want to kick people's asses, I guess. But uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I was pretty competitive, but I was also pretty small. So uh, cycling worked out pretty well. Uh, you know, it was a bit, bit of a runt, I would say. And uh, yeah, being being small and pedaling a bike, they they kind of go hand in hand. Um. When did and I think I could be a professional? So, uh, I guess yeah. when I was like 18, maybe. I don't know. I Right, okay. I, I was on JV's development team. It was like 5280 and then TIA Craft. And um, we were just having like a lot of fun, you know. We are just kids. Just playing the game. Yeah. And then, um, yeah. I don't know. I started like winning local, I guess you'd call them pro, sort of pro. You know, that like uh, – Soft, soft pro, you know, yeah. category one, two races. I won a couple of those, and uh, and they were like, "Yeah, you want to be on the world on the pro continental team next year?" I was like, "Heck yeah, I do." So <laughs> I, I don't know if it ever really seemed feasible, but I mean, even anybody who's who's turned pro at a young age or you know is going that direction, like it always. It's always a dream, but it never really seems like it's something that's going to happen until it happens, you know? Yeah. So unless, yeah. unless you're a mega talent, but. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, I mean, oh, 
Sorry. Sorry do you need a, Do you need a bit of time out? No, no. no, absolutely fine. We know that you are clearly, you know, exceptionally good at multitasking. I think this is a, you know, a pretty reasonable pod considering what you've got to do, mate. Uh, so uh, do not worry. Uh, do not worry. Um, yeah, I mean, going back through all the teams that you've raced for, I mean, it's been exclusively with JV's setup, hasn't it? I mean, and that's quite interesting. What makes that team so special? Because you're, you're, you're quite rare. I mean, the few riders, there's very, very few riders that have spent their entire career at one team. There's the riders that do spend large proportions of their uh, career in one team, but generally will have moved about once or twice at the beginning or the end. But you're exclusively with the slipstream setup. So why have you stayed there so long? I mean, that might sound like an obvious question, but what has made the team um, such an ideal environment for you? Um, you know, early on, I mean, certainly it was like the first team that, I sort of fell into, uh, just thanks yeah. to geography, I guess. Uh, you know, JV, born and raised in, in Denver, just down the hill from me. And, um, you know, that, that's sort of where the team got started. And it's always kind of been the home team um, for me. A uh, little less so with EF coming on because it's, you know, based more out of Boston and, you know. Sure. You know, and, and it's, it, you know, obviously – as a world tour team, it's in Girona um, mostly, yep. but we've always sort of had a foot in, uh, in the States and a foot in Colorado. Um, so it's always kind of been a, a home team for me. Um, and then, yeah, there's, there's a point early in my career when I, I, I thought about leaving and was kind of exploring options there. Um, but honestly it was the, it, it, in a lot of ways, it was the, the sort of like super strong anti-doping stance that we had um, that, that kind of kept me around. I don't know if I was scared to go somewhere else or what, but I don't know what I thought was going to happen. Um, but uh, definitely are, are just like very firm anti-doping stance. You know, I was like one of the first guys we like basically pioneered the biological passport back in 2000. And, 2007 i guess it would be um yeah and uh with the with the development team and i mean that year i, I got tested like 48 or 50 times like we were just getting jesus yes we just got whoa. tested like every monday uh which is a lot for a 19 year old um jesus yeah. so it was it was pretty ridiculous thankfully we don't have to but i mean we were you know we're laying the groundwork with all the data there um, for the actual yeah. biological passport. Um, yeah. So just getting started like that, um, it was kind of something that I, you know, had put a lot of weight behind and had, it It made a lot of sense to me to, to stick around um, and I wanted to continue to be yeah. a part of that. Um, and That's then, really, yeah. Yeah, and then over the years, I don't know, it's just kind of turned into home, so. Yeah, yeah. And I, I like the fact, and I'd ima- imagine um, the fact this team they are. I think that there are that they've always been perceived. I think JV's teams have always been seen as the 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 underdogs that that have, um, that have somehow everybody's like a fan favorite kind of team. That there's something special. There's a, a homespun feel about the team, and that that isn't meant in a derogatory way at all. Um, but that also the fact that they seem to be more than happy to let riders 
and that there's not an arbitrary way of sending riders out to race. Uh, they, they, seem, they seem to, I don't know, look after the individual objectives of riders more. I mean, that there seems to be a nurturing sort of environment there. Would it be fair to say? And especially doing what you're doing now, going to the Conti team, becoming a coach, um, still being called upon um, perhaps for some world tour races as well. And and also doing this alternative calendar, which you clearly absolutely love and which we'll move on to a moment. So that there is really a quite relaxed atmosphere within the team with the focus on if you do what you want to do, that you're probably going to get a lot more out of your riders. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, you know, I think it's, it's sort of like a, a weird, uh, like it's, it, you know, it, they give people freedom in a way that I think a lot of teams don't. And, it, you know, you sort of show yeah. up and it's like, okay, go try, you know, like, what do you want to do? Mm. Like, okay, go try, see what happens. Um, and it doesn't yeah. always work out. Like we've <laughs> luckily most of our failures, um, don't get uh, as much media attention as our successes. That's good. We've, 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 uh, we've certainly, I would say we've, we've certainly failed more than we've succeeded. Um, but I think that's the sport of cycling in general. Um, you know, you line up to a hundred races and maybe you win one. So, and yeah. that's, that's, I think that's kind of like running a cycling team a lot of, a lot of times as well. Um, but yeah. I think having that freedom and having that, you know, just sort of diversity of thought, um, and people just coming at it from their own own direction and own backgrounds and and uh, trying things in a new way um, has led to some pretty memorable successes, I would say. Yeah, and do you? I mean, the the way that the sport has evolved, especially over the last. This is a question that I pose to most male professional, you know. Um, world tour riders because of the way the scene has changed especially over the last maybe three years with the emergence of these young riders and the just the sheer ridiculous numbers that these guys are putting out at a very young age their their um desire or that the, the the innate i love the way that a lot of them race in a really innate way and that, that there doesn't seem to be necessarily any tactical play um so i guess to to combat that when you when you don't necessarily have those kind of attributes you you do have to think differently. And I think the only way that anybody, and this is in life, step step away from cycling, but the only way to progress sometimes is to disrupt, isn't it? And try and think differently all the time um, rather than just perpetually treading water. But for you over the last couple of years, seeing, being in the midst of this this wave of ridiculous talent that's come through, um, how have you found riding against those riders and how have you found the team has had to adapt the way they ride um, to try and get results in the face of some astonishing talent um you know it's, it's interesting because it's i think in a lot of ways the you know the, the like you say there's there's some there's some huge talent out there right now um and it's coming in like super strong and super fast um but i think yeah. in a lot of ways that's been really nice um because it's kind of flipped the script on you know like the sky super train and the like it's it's changed cycling in a way that's been way i think is way more exciting um and i think a lot of people i, I agree yeah wouldn't disagree with that i mean certainly you know commentator matt would, would seems to agree um 
as totally, far as totally yeah. as, as far as lining up with uh, lining up against them, it can be a little daunting at times. You're like, well, how how are we gonna, you know, how do we how do we do anything with some of these guys um, when they show yeah. up? But uh, you know, the the key there is just trying to remember that there's there's a lot of races on the calendar and um, people can't be, yeah. can't be good at every one of them. Uh, and they're not. Yeah. Um, and you know, sometimes you have to sort of reassess and figure out, okay, where, where, where's the chink in the armor when we're talking to looking at the calendar and, um, you know, where can we hopefully pull something, pull something out of the hat, um, and then refocus for that. Um, that's, that's kind of yeah. how I've looked at it. And I think the teams looked at it in general as well. Um, but certainly, I don't know. I don't. I don't envy the guys that were lining up at the tour this year. Like, that's got to be. <laughs> that's got to be tough. But even still, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Showing up and you know punching for stages versus GC or, um, you know, trying to make things happen on a different scale. Yeah, I I, I do agree. I mean, I'm a I'm a big fan of the way that racing has has evolved over the last few years. I'm a fan of racing in general, anyway. It's what I love. But to see the seismic shift in the way that races are panning out, because there's a snowball effect, isn't there? You have got these riders doing their thing in a really disruptive way, an unpredictable way, but in turn that makes everybody else race differently, focus differently, and and they have to think even smarter. And I, I like the way that it's playing out. So people are having to strategize. Um, in a on a macro level, so you were just saying, okay, we, we need to look at the calendar. Where might these guys not be, or, or where they're going to be fighting for GC when we can go for stages? Um, so there's a real tactical play, and I think that's although I'm not racing now, I would imagine it might be quite intellectually stimulating for somebody who, because riding isn't just about brawn, is it? It's about being smart and and, and optimizing whatever ability you have, whether that's a resource in the form of a team or, or your physiology at its best. And, and I find that a fascinating proposition. And that's why I love talking about bike racing, because there are these, these manifold um, permutations that occur when something changes because everybody else has to change. So it must be quite exciting as well on, on, a, on like you're saying, an intellectual level. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you say exciting, I say hard work, but. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for me, for me, sat with my headphones on, it's exciting, but yeah, yeah. hard work for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely hard work. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot, there's always been a lot of thought that goes into the cycling, um, you know, on a, yeah on a micro and a macro level. Um, but you know, anytime the game game gets upped, you know, you gotta, you gotta buckle down even harder, um, and, and, and really start thinking harder and start looking for, looking for the holes and the opportunities. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think the big thing too is like as a team trying to remember oftentimes that like, success builds success, you know, and momentum's definitely a yeah. big thing. Um, and so yeah. you just, you just need in a lot of ways, you just need like one thing to go right, you know, and then two things go right. And then three things go right. And then next thing you know, somebody's yep. won a race or, uh, you've won 10 races or whatever. Um, so looking for that momentum. Cool. Right. Alex, you were born Big shift change, big shift here. You were born in Denver, yeah, um, I understand. Um, it's yeah. time 
for the Denver Quiz. Oh dang. The Denver Quiz. I never go down there. The Denver Quiz. Well. The Denver Quiz. It is not John Denver I'm referring to. It's the city of Denver in Colorado, USA. However, John Denver might actual feature in the Denver Quiz. I cannot rule that out. <laughs> Oh, that was uh, that was basically our producer Niall flexing his jingle muscles, and I think he did it in a in a pretty um, pretty cool way there. Yeah, so it's time for the Denver quiz, Alex. Um, we everybody, well, generally everybody, I, I do a bit of a quiz. In fact, JV, we asked this. Um, I think JV was a guest. This this I think will be episode fifty seven or fifty eight of of the podcast. <laughs> And I think JV was like episode 12 or something like that. And we, th- this is exactly the same quiz uh, that I posed to <laughs> <Yeah>. JV. <laughs> so, cause I, this is I, just a know, quiz to see if I listen to podcast, huh? Uh, well, I'm not going to put you under too much pressure, mate, <laughs> um, but it was, it was over a year ago, so be forgiven. Um, so I've got – how many questions have I got here? Let's just make sure because I've slightly written all over it because obviously I'm making notes. Um, there's a few questions. Right. Oh, yeah, four. Oh, there might be a John Denver question as well. Oh boy. There we go. So, okay, st- start off with, with question number one. Um, oh, ha- I'm sorry, how long did you, just vote so people can judge you on your Denver knowledge, um, <laughs> uh, how long did you stay there? Was it your just your formative years or was it a while? Or? Oh, I don't know, a few hours. Um, oh right, so, <laughs> a few hours. Yeah. Oh man, no, oh this is, could be unfair. So I, this is going to be I, random. I grew up in Golden, uh, home of Coors Brewery. Right. Um, oh right. Yeah, but uh, it was actually the original capital of Colorado back when it was a territory. So fun fact for your oh, listeners. Right. Okay. Uh, but it's it's like oh tw- no, we always like little nuggets. Yeah, it's like twenty minutes from Denver, so it's uh, okay. Yeah, you know I've been to the zoo there, so. Okay, mate. Well, 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 let's let's give this a go because uh, people might learn something, and you never know, Alex. You might learn something yourself. I think it okay, sounds like it will. But it's you will, mate. Yeah, um, it's multiple choice as well, so we're not going to totally do your legs. There is a chance if you if you wish to just go randomly, even a guess could get your right answer, and uh, and a round of applause from our studio audience. Okay, <laughs> so um, question number one: um, When was Denver founded? Okay, was it A eighteen fifty four? B, 1864. Oh right, okay. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, we're going to give you we're going to give you half a point for that. No, I'll give, no, no, give no. Uh, Alex half a point wrong, for that. Wrong is wrong. Uh, just half. Wrong is wrong. Okay, right. Reduce. Take that point off. <laughs> uh, there we go. Uh, back to near zero. Uh, okay, there we go. Okay. <laughs> Question number two. Uh, right. Singer songwriter John Denver was born in Denver. Is that true? Or is that false? Wait. So if I get the, if I fail this quiz, do I have to give that thousand dollars back? Is that how this works? Uh, afraid so, mate. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. That that is how that works. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure Johnny D wasn't born in Denver. That's correct. Yeah, that is correct. Um, for a bonus point, which will bring you back onto level pegging, um, wiping out your zero points from the first question. Where was he born? I don't know. Probably somewhere in Iowa. I tell you, I'm going to give you a clue. Um, 
it's a place renowned for UFO activity or things that have gone on. Oh, uh, Roswell. Yes, indeed. Okay. Roswell, New Mexico, was the, the birthplace of John Denver. So you've actually got two points there. So you've, you've oh, kind of dang. weirdly caught up. Dang. Right. I'm going to keep my $1,000 okay. cash. Indeed. <laughs> okay. Alex, what is the tallest building in Denver? Oof. Okay. Is it A, Wells Fargo at 213 metres? That's pretty tall. Is it B, Republic Plaza? at 219 metres. Um, is it C, 1801 California? Um, or is it D, Four Seasons? I was giving you the metres in height then, so I, I don't, that's actually a bit of a giveaway, isn't it? <laughs> oh, what an idiot. Anyway, so is it Wales Fargo, Republic Plaza, 1801 California, or the Four Seasons Hotel? I don't Yeah, I mean, the only one I know of out there is actually the Wales Fargo. Um so that that shows my knowledge of Denver. Um, so we're just going to say Wells Fargo. So you can have the money back, uh, I guess. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, no, mate. You don't need, you don't need to get one hundred percent. As long as you get uh, upwards of fifty percent, um, you'll pass. Unfortunately, that is the wrong answer. Um, but but the correct answer um, for yourself and for the audience who are probably jotting this all down. Oh yeah, um, the Republic Plaza, which stands a rather lofty two hundred nineteen meters above the ground, which equates in old money to seven hundred and seventeen feet. So there you go, Republic well, I'll, well, I'll Plaza. I'll be, I'll be. Do y'all use y'all? You, you, you don't use feet in in the UK anymore, do you? Some people do. We use both. Both. That's true. No, we, we it's 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 really we use. So in terms of, I'm six foot. I'm five foot ten. We use feet for measuring certain things, but then we also use centimeters. Mm. So, but I am um, um, and I'll use kilos for my weight. Um, but then we use stones as well. So everything is dual. We, 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 we are metric, but a lot of us are holding on to the old imperial system. I don't understand so we that, run both. that stone action. That that doesn't make any sense to me. I understand it's just... I'll be honest with you. I numbers, don't... But. I don't know how... Yeah, I think I think fourteen pounds might be in a stone. Um, <laughs> yeah. Might to get Niall on the case. Or I could just use the... Inter- I'm not sure. Um, but we... I mean, stones is weird. I, I had somebody weird. ask me um, how, how, many, how many stones there was one time. And I was like, ah. Uh, like 25 i don't know (laughs) (laughs) you you won't i tell you what you won't be 20 so i I think i'm 11 and a half stone yeah i don't think i'm 25 i realized that retrospectively yeah it was was, yeah you'd be a big 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 dude yeah Uh, you'd be a big dude Uh, hold on i think um oh no so uh 14 if you're in a pub quiz alex i'm not sure if you like pub quizzes or even have them um, uh, where you live but seven Oh, 14 pounds is in a stone. Okay. So there you go. But it, but it is a real archaic measurement uh, and just leaves most people looking blank. It makes it hard to lose weight or gain weight for that matter. I think that's why people still use it. You're like, oh, I haven't even, yeah, it's I haven't just even like gained a, a stone, you know? Just, <laughs> yeah, it's still up 14 pounds. Yeah, yeah I haven't even, yeah, yeah that, that's a, a really, really good point. I'm still 10, um, I'm still 10 right. stone after the holidays. I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe it might be a good idea, actually, to every now and again just to move into yeah. um, the measurement of stones. Smooth, just to, smooth just that to curve it a bit. Easier. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, Alex, outside of cycling, um, 
what what tickles your fancy, mate? What lights your ring? What really? What are you into outside of cycling? Do you, do you have any interests that you could would be uh, happy to share with us? I have no interests. Um, yes, you do. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I've been uh, really enjoying the uh, the mountain lifestyle up here these last I don't know, okay three four years or whatever. Um, yeah, just spend a lot of time out in the sticks and uh, playing around in the in the high hills, um, getting yeah. getting blasted by the wind and stuff. Um, but yeah, out there splitting wood every fall and doing the man. Oh yeah, doing, the mountain, doing the mountain man stuff and I don't know. So, so the out the kind of out, outdoor life is something that is obviously really really close. Yeah, I did see I did see I think it was either in your stories or your Instagram. Um, some some proper wood chopping action. Yeah, I had to actually get a splitter this year because I broke my stinking hand in September. But uh, yeah, usually usually out there swinging the axe. But uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's there's a lot to do. <laughs> not just yeah. not just wood splitting. <laughs> I don't know. Just just keeping things going out here on the old homestead. You know. It's, uh, so do you have a so actually I mean in terms of your house is it a detached property with a bit of land is that what we is that what we're looking at is that why there are like quite a lot of stuff to do is uh you know we have some dirt for sure uh it's yeah. not it's not like you know full off grid kind of thing um yeah but uh yeah I don't know there's just definitely it wasn't I wouldn't call it like a real fixer upper but there's there's a lot of stuff to put back together after we bought it and um, I mean, we're putting a yeah. new roof on it right now and uh, okay. doing the whole solar thing and blah, 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 blah. But uh, Ah, right. Okay. Yeah. There's a very there's cool. a, a So you hope to, to be, yeah. I mean, oh, how, how is your finger? And I'll, I'll be honest with you, mate. I'm looking right now at your x-ray because that little finger, that looked like it was pretty much snapped off, doesn't it? Oh, that guy. I mean, the bone, I said the finger was, that looked like it. Oh, mate, that looked really painful. That little guy got roasted. Um, yeah, it was, it was funny. I, I was in a race, mountain bike race, and I clipped a tree and biffed it pretty hard. And I went down to the medical tent and, you know, I limped down there and I was like, ah, yeah, I broke my finger. And they're like, oh, maybe it's just dislocated. A lot of times they're just dislocated. And I just laughed in right. my face, you know. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, I just, I just vaporized this thing. You have no idea. This thing is done. Like, this is not dislocated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to, to anybody listening to this, head to Alex underscore house on Instagram. Uh, it's about the eighth picture down. Uh, and there's a picture of uh, said right hand, uh, sorry, left hand with a little finger completely snapped. Um, so yeah, un, unrefutable evidence, the fact that you were correct and knew what happened to your own hand. Uh, it was, it was also funny when they brought in the x-ray, you know, cause they, they came in and they, they had to give me the bad news that it was broken and they showed me the x-ray and I was like, Oh my gosh, that's a huge relief. And they're like, what? Like that's, that is broken. And I was like, yeah, I thought the thing was, I thought the thing was jello, you know, like I literally thought it was right. like, you know they were just going to chop the thing off because I, I smashed that thing bad. And the fact that it was just oh, broken God, in man. half, I was like, oh, that's a piece of, yeah. piece of cake. Just put a little plate in there yeah. and back in business. So that's pretty much back. Yeah. I mean, in all, in, in all seriousness, are you okay? Is, is it healing okay? No, no problems? No, no, no problems. I mean, it's a pain in the butt, but what are you going to do? It gets cold a lot. Yeah. 
It's trying to go yeah. in, going into PT and they're wailing on it. You're like, "Youchie!" But I don't know. Grand scheme of things, it's all good. So, fair enough, mate. Fair enough. I'm, I'm glad it's healing well. I mean, just heading into the final part of, of the pod, talk, talk to me about. Um, is it? It's not really newfound love for gravel, isn't it? Because gravel's been around a little while now. It just seems to be um, piquing everybody's interest. And uh, I guess where you, again, from looking at knowing where you live and looking at the images, and you seem to be having a lot of fun off-road and on gravel uh, late, of late. And clearly in the next couple of seasons, going to be doing the same thing. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of funny because it's, it's something that like I've kind of always done. Um you know, we were hmm. like a lot of the roads around here are, are dirt and, um, you know, we used to go out and just do these big smasher rides on like, you know, 20 C tires on like all dirt, you know, we'd ride around trying to figure out like where we could <laughs> like trying to piece together all the gravel roads and stuff. And we had our little tiny little tires and just flat like 90 times. And, um, and we, yeah, I mean, we'd do that all the time. And that was kind of the place where I was, allowed to ride you know because my mom would always get nervous about yeah. cars you know i don't know why like those things would never hurt anybody um but yeah. <laughs> like so I was like yeah if you're gonna go on a big ride you know go out there on the quiet roads so that's where we would go um so i you know kind of always did it and then you know road road racing was sort of the way to go if you wanted to make a career out of it um and then yeah once uh once the gravel scene started blowing up, I was like, "Oh my gosh! Like, I gotta, I, I want to do that," <laughs> you know. Yeah. And then yeah. it was it was kind of funny because I was sort of fighting the team on it for a long time. I was like, "Hey, can I go do yeah. this? Hey, I want to do that." And you know, you weren't allowed to because of the UCI. And then the team was like, "Oh, we don't want you to get hurt." And I was like, "Oh, I'll never get hurt uh, ever." You know, let's just ignore the fact that I just roasted my pinky. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But then, yeah, it was sort of funny because eventually it, it turned into their idea. They're like, "Hey, we, you know, what do you think about doing Unbound?" Like, uh, are you kidding me? Like, I've been trying to do this forever. So, uh, yeah, I'll be there. <laughs> I mean, they do. I mean, they do look like. I mean, I've um, ridden a bit of gravel in my time. Not not loads, but I I really would like to do an event at at some point. Get myself a little bit fitter and do one. But I saw that. Uh, you obviously won the SPT gravel event, which looked epic. I mean, 140 miles on gravel. Just talk to us a little bit about that event because it did look pretty brutal. You know, I, I wouldn't say it's like that brutal. It's not. It's not easy. Okay, we'll uh, mm. we'll put it that way. Um, there's definitely harder uh, gravel races out there, um, but SPT is awesome. It's just like this really good blend of race slash fiesta um and the you know community's really starting to get behind it more and more um and they've yeah. they've done some really good things to just get get the right people and the right you know group and the right mentality at that race um it is it is so much fun um yeah so it's those and you know it's right over <laughs> it's right over the hill for me across the continental divide um so it's you know right now it's probably the biggest uh, drop bar race in in Colorado. So it was, it was one that was definitely yeah. on my calendar. And I was like, all right, I want to very very cool. Had a little X next to that one. I was like, all right, let's uh, let's 
take a good crack at that one. And uh, it's pretty happy to come away with the win. What about the? I mean, the the emergence of gravel, and next year we've got these UCI events and the, the series and the, and the World Championship. How, how do you how do you feel about that? And I know there's a lot of the community who are um, particularly, I mean, they're displeased. But again, as things grow, like anything, um, they are going to be adopted by bigger organisations. They're going to gain more relevance. It must be quite hard, especially the way that you came into road cycling through your mum saying to stick, you know, to stay on the quiet roads and riding on 20 mil was just trying to patch these bits together to now seeing it universally adopted and not just racing. I mean, you know, the whole, whole marketing, the whole marketing side of, 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 of cycling has changed and the variety of bikes now, speci- just gravel specific bikes is the scene is enormous, isn't it? And there's a, there, there seems a big appetite. How do you feel about that change? And now it's being universally adopted. Are you happy with that? Do you see as a, that as a uh, a natural function as something gets bigger or would you like to see it remain the size it is or would you like to see it get even bigger and bigger you know honestly like what first and foremost i'm pretty happy to have a bike that can actually handle gravel now and i'm not bouncing around on 20c tires um or yeah yeah you know putting cramming 30s in there calling it a gravel bike uh it's pretty sweet having nice stuff um yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know yeah, it's yeah, nice definitely. doing these big epic rides and you know i mean like last year uh on my gravel bike i like i don't think i had a flat all year which is crazy and that i shouldn't wow. have said that because wow. i think i'm gonna like i'll probably get a flat in every race slash ride <laughs> that i do next year um i totally just ruined my whole season um but uh it's it's anyway. nice having that equipment <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah uh and then on top of that like the whole, you know, the reason why I started riding on gravel roads, you know, with the quiet roads and everything is, you know, we're seeing, especially now that you have the bikes to do it. I mean, it's, it's, there's way more people on bikes now, especially in the U S um, a yeah. large part because of the gravel scene. Um, and because yeah. it's not, you know, super type a, like crazy race, 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 uh, all about performance. Um, and more about, you know, yeah, like let's go for general fitness and enjoy our lives and go somewhere cool and see somewhere different. Yeah. Um, because of that, I mean, you're just seeing more and more people on bikes, which to me is like, that's huge. Like, that's great. You know, yeah. like that's what I want to yeah. see. Like more people on bikes. Like if we have, if everybody rode a bike, I think the world would be a better place. Um, oh, totally. So the more we can do to get people on bikes, the better. Um, as far as, you know, the, the whole, you know, UCI and governing bodies, you know, coming in, um, that'll be, that'll be interesting to see how that all works out. Um, yeah, I mean, that can be, I don't know. There's, I think there's a big fear in the U S over the UCI thing. Um, basically cause I think a lot of it comes down to sort of what happened with mountain biking. Um, you know, mountain sure. biking was, you know, uniquely American. We, we built these stupid bikes with fat tires and we started riding them in the forest and, you know, we turned it into a sport and then the UCI took it and turned it into this like super racy, racy thing and mountain biking died in America. Um, yeah. And I think, I mean, it's pretty sad and I think a lot of people are pretty bummed out about it. <laughs> and I think there's a lot yeah. of, a lot of yeah. fear that that's, you know, the direction it'll go with gravel. 
Um, and, you know, certainly right now it's, it's in a lot of ways something that we made here in America and we, we don't want to give it up. Um, yeah. That said, uh, we'll, we'll see what kind of success the UCI finds with it. Um, yeah. You know, they tried to blow up the Grand Fondo scene and I, th- I think that they, they sort of, that sort of fell on its face. Um, and I think a large part of that was you know, the fact that the Fondo scene is so decentralized, you know, it's, you know, everybody yeah. has a Fondo. There's Fondos all over the world. And, um, they don't need the UCI to, you know, get 10,000 people on the start line. So, yeah. Uh, and you know, nobody puts, I, there's not a lot of weight on the Fondo world championship Jersey and, you know, so it could go that direction with gravel. Um, yeah, so we'll see. I don't know. No, it, it, yeah, it is an interesting one, isn't it? Especially the, it, it is, uh, I think it's, you, you can't, I guess you can't blame the UCI for, uh, you know, um, paying attention to it, but, you blame but also the, the, the <laughs> yeah, you can, but no, no, I mean, from, from purely playing the devil's advocate just to. Well, no, it's yeah, justified um, to blame him. That's different, pretty, but you can blame him. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's what I mean. It, yeah, you can. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it, it, it's an interesting one, but um, I, I just hope that, um, because when you look at the way that gravel riding is, the origins of it are just basically going out and riding and, and they're big, big events. I, I guess like marathon running you, you, or marathons uh, is a kind of the, the, a similar equivalent where you can either run it for fun or you can run it and compete. But then just having it as a competition takes away the fun bit as well. So it's, it's almost like a separate sport, isn't it? Because uh, most of the events that you do, a lot of folks are rolling up to the start line for an adventure as well, aren't they? So you've got the elite guys and girls at the front, you know, trying to win it. Um, and then a lot of people are, who n- never have a hope of winning it, but just want to do it because it's really cool and, and it's a massive achievement. So, and that is going to be lost when they're just races, I guess. So they will stand alone, I guess, won't it? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see sort of where, where that all, how that develops and where, you know, where's people where people's mentality sort of shifts and falls on that yeah um honestly i think yeah. you know the where you're the uci is coming in you know most of those events are in europe and i think it kind of caters to the the european um rider slash racer more than the, the, yeah. than okay. the, than the americans um so I, I you know i don't think there's like a, a worry that uci is going to come in and you know, change unbound or try and buy SBT yeah. or whatever. But sure. I mean, I think like you say, it'll kind of just end up being two different sports in a lot of ways. Yeah. Well, Alex, I, I, it'd be remiss of me to not wrap this um, really enjoyable chat up with um, just a, your thoughts on what it was like. No, what was going through your mind when you when you won the, the American title? Because it arguably the nicest jersey out there. I mean, that must have been big because you're a rider that has worked for so long in the service of others. You know, you've but to take that American American title a couple of years ago must have been absolutely nuts. Just talk us through that. Not throughout the whole race. We don't have time for that. But just <laughs> finally you know, take, taking the win. You know, um, what, what was that like coming into the last few Ks? Uh, at what point did you think that I've got a real chance of, of wearing the stars and stripes here? Cause I mean, that's a, that's a big, big achievement. Um, yeah, it was, it was tough because, you know, early on in my career, like I was always a really good one day racer. Um, okay. Maybe not yeah. really good, but I, uh, that's where I, you know, 
you know, my attributes sort of lended them, you know, lended themselves to being, you know, good, lended. Yeah. I was best at one day racing. Um, and yeah, you know, I was, you know, one of the better riders in America and like, I sort of always thought that, okay, I can, I can win nationals, you know, and I tried a lot, you know, I was on the podium a number of times and I was always up in there. Uh, but it just never came together. And I mean, you know how racing is, it's, it's hard to get that last piece of the puzzle. Uh, and then 20, what, 2018. Yeah. I had diagnosed with a thyroid issue, uh, Graves disease. And I I was like, man, I think my career is over. Um, and kind of got that sorted out and went through, went into 2019, like guns blazing and I don't know. Everything just sort of was going the right way in 2019. Like I said, you get a little momentum and you can, you can really start to build on that. And that just kept going up until nationals essentially. And on the day I knew I was pretty good. I wasn't sure how good. Um, and then just yeah. raced like the dumbest race I've ever raced in my life. Um, and <laughs> why do you mean is that did you just did you what do you mean by that that's really interesting well it was like I think it was like 14 laps or something like that uh, 12 laps I don't know a number of laps and I went on like lap 5 like I just felt right and I was like well you know and like guys are attacking and the break had never gone and this and that and I was like alright well you know screw you guys I feel good so I just yeah. hit the send button and pushed it and uh, <laughs> yeah like basically spent the rest of the day in the breakaway uh, and the breakaway you know kept forming and unforming and reforming and you know guys would come up and guys would get dropped and but I was just at the front yeah. of the race the whole time and you know I never missed a pull and just was just went for it and you know I was cramping for like three and a half hours like it just technically it was just just exactly what you would not tell like a young rider to do. Um, but yeah, nationals is, especially in the U S is such a mess. Um, and if you're, if you're not on the front foot, you're out of the race essentially. So. Do you know what? It's like that in the British championships is really, really similar. Absolutely. Um, I think all the other yeah. mainland, you the British champs is very, you, you have, if you, you have to race it from the front, you can't sit back and let the race unfurl and it, you've got to get stuck in and, that you've got to sacrifice a fair bit of energy and, and rice and race in a slightly counterintuitive way, uh, way than, than, than you'd race in Europe. It really, yeah, I, I, I get it is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a strange thing, you know, especially when you've been, you know, pro for like 10 years and you're just like, yeah, screw it. I, I want to win this race. I guess I'll go on the break. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, <what? laughs> yeah. 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 Okay, yeah. I guess, yeah okay. Brilliant. That sounds dumb, but I guess that's what I'll do. Um, and I didn't really have a plan. I was just racing on instinct. Um, and it nearly backfired. Like I got dropped with 5k to go. Uh, but wow. Crawled, crawled back up in there. And once I got back up there, I was like, all right, no one's beating me today. So just go, 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 go hit the gas. So it was, it was, it was pretty, uh, <laughs> brilliant, pretty, brilliant. pretty relieving, I guess I would say when it finally came, yeah. came together, you know, dream for so long and seemed like it was going to happen for so long. And then finally did. Brilliant stuff, mate. Brilliant stuff. What, where, where is your, the Jersey you've got on the day? Does that have pride of place or is it folded up neatly in a cupboard somewhere? I know some riders like to share the stuff off. What's, what's your kind of 
take on um, where where is your jersey? Uh, that's that's actually the only one I have hanging up anywhere, uh, and it's it's in the Fair garage. Yeah, so it's hanging Fair up in the garage nice, next to all the Fair other nice. uh, you know next to the all the other messy stuff I got out there, but. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I actually got my uh, the Stars and Stripes bike um, a couple of weeks ago. Oh, yeah, man. from Cannondale. Oh, yeah. right. Got that thing back. The thing. Is, oh, very nice. That thing is sweet. I got to figure out where to put that. Yeah, yeah. That that almost needs to be hung up, but also just taken out for rides like cafe rides in really good weather. So just like you know, just little short little rides, just to remind you every now and again. Then put back up and just a piece to kind of admire. Yeah, um, I think the only place that's, with, what I, that's what I do. I, yeah, I agree. I think the only place with like wall space though is like the nursery, and I don't, I don't want to put that on the baby. You know, those kind of like expectations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's quite. Yeah, yeah it's quite. A, yeah, there is a level of expectation. It's, it's kind of. It's not the most subtle of suggestions in terms of career path, is yeah. it? You got a big bike yeah. with the stars and stripes hanging above the cot. We're, yeah, that's. We're trying to. Yeah, good move. Trying to make yeah. it like a good global citizen too. You know, we don't want to put too. Uh, we don't want to push the patriotism thing too hard just yet. You know, fair so. enough. I, mean, I think that's a real um, <laughs> balanced way to to approach, like equitable uh, way to approach yeah. life, mate. But uh, um, Alex, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. I'm really glad that we finally um, managed to have this chat. Um, yeah, uh, thanks very much indeed. I mean, um, enjoy. Well, first up, hope your little finger gets back to um, full full strength, and um, and take care. And hopefully, our paths will cross at some point in the future, mate. And and enjoy enjoy the winter, mate. Anyway. Yeah, likewise. Enjoy that new house. Um, enjoy the, Thank you. Enjoy the Thank you very much indeed. I hope you move in. Uh, I hope it's flawless. Moving is always so easy. So. Yeah, <laughs> we, we shall see. I'll, I'll, feed, I'll, I'll feed back to you on that one, mate. But yeah. uh, we, we do have people moving for us. We've got movers coming in to pack our stuff. So, yeah, that's a bit cheeky. You think that's uh, going to help you? Yeah, I don't you like You think that's going to help you? That's not going to help you. On that bombshell, yeah. cheers for that, mate. Yeah. I thought I would, I thought it'd get, it'd calm my nerves. No. And now I'm going to be having a few more sleepless nights. No, Thanks, man. You're, Appreciate that. you're still in for it. You're going to lose half the thing. <laughs> Everything you need, you're going to lose. You're not going to know where the hell it is. So uh enjoy it but yeah, yeah. glad to catch up <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah cheers alex mate take care and catch up with you soon mate all Bye-bye. right see you mate. what a great chap and for those of you wondering whether alex actually did beat jv in the denver quiz well no he didn't because jv managed to get six questions right out of a possible four and you'll have to re-listen to episode 23 to find out how he did that Thanks to Perry App Gwyneth for the podcast theme tune and thanks to you for listening. Don't forget to like, subscribe and rate the pod and why not recommend it to a nearby toddler who might be sitting patiently while you chat about your life with someone across the Atlantic Ocean. And finally, a massive thanks again to Alex House for joining us on the podcast today. I hope he has a great year ahead and with so much going on, I hope he takes the time to enjoy it all. Cheers all, stay safe and goodbye.